0: But good morning, Bethany, Good morning, and greetings to all of you online, other campuses. I um, am so honored to have been able to spend the weekend here serving underneath Pastor Kevin and Pam, and just so grateful for this opportunity. I know that many of you do not know who I am, and so I pause a second, because a few weeks ago, my wife and I uh, were able to attend a home church. I, I live in Michigan. I'm from the Carolinas, you can tell from my accent, but... We recently were going to our church. I don't get to do that very often because I'm traveling most every weekend and speaking. And the pastor got up, my regular pastor, like Pastor Kevin, and said, hey, today we have a guest speaker. And I literally was like, oh, no, I wanted to hear my normal preacher. And then I thought, wait, I am that guy, so I should probably at least give him a chance. So today I would just say to you, open your heart, give me a chance. I'm not Pastor Kevin, but I've come to bring from the same book, God's Holy Word, a message that I want to encourage you and to inspire you to walk closer to Him. And I do thank all the couples who were here yesterday, some who came who were engaged as well, and so just thank you for being a part of that day and for letting me speak into your lives, and I trust this morning the Lord's going to use this verse that some of you know, this passage of Scripture, Jeremiah 29, I'm going through verses in that passage, And I'm going to show you what I really believe the passage means. So many of us adopt Jeremiah 29, 11. That's my life verse, and that's great, but I want to make sure you understand it fully. So to do that, I'm going to just bring verses of Scripture up on the screen. I'm going to read them to you because I want you to see how powerful God's Word is. It speaks for itself. Uh, There was a day, if I go back 30 years, when I first started preaching, I would try to figure out the best way to get the Word out, and I have to do this. Hey, look. Today, I could just simply read God's Word, and He will work in your heart as you hear that Word. And my goal today is just to bring this Word alive and let it speak into your heart. So let me show you what I mean by that. Jeremiah 29.10 is going to come up on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. This is what the Lord says. Now, this is one verse before the verse you might have memorized if you're involved in church at all. If you're here and you say, I don't have a church background, perfect then you're going to learn this verse the right way from the very beginning so jeremiah 29:10 says this is what the lord says when 70 years are completed for babylon i will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place so as we look at this verse i want to explain it this was written by jeremiah to the israelites they had just been captured like today, it would be someone coming and capturing all of us and taking us into a foreign land to be uh, under their labor, under their slavery. Whatever they ask us to do, we are their slaves. And that's what happened in this story. The Israelites were captured by King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon and taken into a foreign land. And when this happened, the, there were two prophets, two preachers, if you will. One came along. His name was Hananiah. I'll... I'll Pretend like it's me and Pastor Kevin. He'll be the good preacher. I'll be the bad preacher. The bad preacher said to all of the Israelites, you're not going to be there very long. Like this 70 years. No, no, nothing like that. You might be there a year or so, but it won't be in captivity. Long. So you'll be back real soon to Jerusalem and Jeremiah. And obviously, Jeremiah must have been right because he got the book in the Bible. You don't know the name Hananiah. <laughs> Jeremiah said, no, no. You're not going to be coming out of there very quick. I want you. He even wrote a letter saying you you need to raise your kids there. You need to plant your crops there. You need to build your barns there. You need to get married there. Let your kids grow up, get married, have more kids. Uh, Multiply yourself because you'll be there for 70 years. Now, just pause for a second. If you had to pick between Hananiah saying it's going to be hard days for a year. Are Jeremiah going, it's going to be 70 years. Which would you pick? We, we always want to go with the easy. We always say, no, no, I, I, I've been through hard times. lasted about 30 minutes. And the reason is because we live in the day of Amazon Prime. We want what we want when we want it. I was saying earlier, I can go on my phone right now and I can order something. Good chance it will be there later today when I get back to Michigan. I like my stuff and I like it now. And somebody in here, somebody online, you're dealing with something in your life, and you go, I don't like this thing. I don't want it. I've been praying about it for 10 years, and it hasn't gone away. And I say to you, well, you only got 60 left. (laughs) Because we don't like things where we have to wait. So you need to understand, that's the setting that's the scenario that's the pre-verse for the verse you might have memorized you're going to go there you're going to be in captivity for 70 years look look why the Lord said I'm going to let you do that for 70 years here's the verse that you know coming up 29 11. I'm sending you away you're going to be there working under their authority you won't have any freedom for 70 years because I know the plan I have for you what? Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you? Really? 70 years over there is prosperity? Really, Lord? That's what his word says. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Anybody here that says, if I was taken away like that, this is to harm me. And God says, no, it's not. I'm actually going to teach you something through this season. I'm going to give you hope and give you a future. Because see, this word right here really confuses us. Prosper. Like in our culture, if I said to you today, what's prosperity look like? I can tell you. I'll, I'll illustrate it with this little corner of the stage. If, if, if this is prosperity, it's I'm loaded. I got a nice house, maybe two. Um, I got... You can't believe it, Dan, but I've got like more zeros in my bank account than I've ever had. My kids, they're doing awesome. We don't have any issues. And, and I, I define it best like this. I made it to Easy Street. I, I made it. I'm successful. It's what the world calls it. I mean, who do we put up if there's a television show? The rich and the famous. The well-known, the the one who... I get so many likes, it's unreal. (laughs) Tell you what we'll do. You get enough followers, we'll start... We'll do an NIL. We'll, We'll start paying you. I made it. This is the good life. We call this prosperity. I want you to know I've traveled the world, literally... I've been with some of the richest people in the world. They sure don't look happy to me. An event that I did in your state, in your state, just came to my mind. Didn't even talk about this for a service. Literally came here a few years ago. A guy called me. multi-millionaire. He said, I've got multi- I've got like 10 multi-millionaire friends. If I fly you out to Pennsylvania, will you speak to all of us? And I said, absolutely. So I came out. We went to a private club area. It's just coming to my mind. So I haven't thought about this. It's coming to my mind right now. So I'm telling the stories that comes to my mind. I remember going into the room where
1: <laughs>
0: I laugh about this. Most of the guys were 90 and their wives were like 18. And they would say, the world would say, they made it. And they were some of the most broken people I've ever spoken to. I remember when I got done, I remember one gentleman in particular, because they all wanted to talk to me, but they didn't want the other ones to know, they wanted to talk to me. (laughs) Because I'd talk to them about, are you peaceful? If you had to define what your purpose is on the earth, can you answer that question? How much of the stuff that you've attained in your life, how much are you taking with you? And I remember I was done speaking. It was a quiet group. And I finished speaking, and I'd walked over to the side, and I remember one of the gentlemen came, can I talk to you? I'm like, sure, yeah. And I turned around, I like to talk to him. He goes, no, 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 can we go somewhere <laughs> private? Can we go, can we go back here? I don't want anybody to see. Because see, when you, when you think you've made it, you don't want the rest of the world to know. To know you're broken, you got junk, you're hurting. Because Easy Street looks so good, looks so good. And my savior, his name was Jesus. He lived about as far from that on the stage of life as you can get. He was broken. He was mocked. He didn't own anything. Didn't even have a house. Traveled. Hurt. All he did was try to love people. They hated him. (laughs) About the opposite of everything we call Easy Street, Jesus lived. In fact, If you recall, he prayed a prayer. He taught us to pray this prayer. He said, pray a prayer, our Father, and he got up to the line. Remember in the prayer, he says this line, give us this day our daily bread. That's what Jesus prayed. Lord, in heaven, give me enough for today. I'll just say me, okay? Sometimes my prayer is, Lord, give me enough for today. And can you tag like a little surplus on that? Because that gives me security. So It makes me know. And then, and then if something happens to me, or my kids and my grandkids, they'll all be okay because I'll, I'll be able to pass some really cool stuff to them. That's our prayer. You say, you say it's wrong to have stuff? No, I, I got some stuff. The question is, does, does the stuff got you? Because that's what happens here. We, we get comfortable. We get lazy. We kind of go, I'm good. I really don't need God. I, I got everything covered. A little risky here, but one. My, I, I, I'm, a, I'm like a John, Michael Jordan fan, always have been. My brother in law went to school with him, and I've followed him for years and collected a lot of his stuff. I've written Michael Jordan a lot of letters. When his dad died, I remember writing the letter because I had a friend who was his neighbor. So I knew he was getting the letters because my friend would say, I just saw him go to his mailbox and pick his mail out. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, got my letter then. Because <laughs> I knew his personal address. <laughs> it was kind of sneaky, but I got it. And I've followed him his whole life, and i watched him in that Lance dance thing, for those of you who watch that. He's hurting. He's a hurting dude. He made it, though. He made it. And, and I would say to you, if you look at Michael Jordan and go, that's what life's all about. I think if you could see Michael Jordan when he wakes some, sometimes at 2.30 in the morning, I think you probably ask the question, is this all there is? Is this it? Because, I mean, I'm famous. I can't even go out in public. I'm so famous. And I would tell you, the world's accolades are not what this verse is talking about. Prosperity, prosperity is anything in your life that makes you need Jesus more. Let me give you the definition again. Prosperity is anything in your life that makes you go, I need God. It's prospering you to understand your place. You say, prove that. Okay. The next verse says, God says, I'm going to let you go for 70 years and I'm going to put you in this tough spot. Then you will call on me. Y'all know, y'all know when y'all tend to pray the most. Ready? It's not when you're over here. You, you may pray some here, but this is not the place that most of us spend a lot of time in prayer. This is the place where we, I got it good. That's too bad for those people over there. They're struggling. You know where you pray? When that stuff hits the fan and you're really struggling in life. And you go, God, I I need you. Then we sing that, I need you, oh, I need you. Every moment I need you. Yesterday I was doing pretty good, but today I need you. We move over to this place where we need God, and that's that's what God says. I allow you to experience these times because then you call on me. Look at that. You come to me and you pray to me. And don't miss that next little line. And I listen. I listen. I'm, you know, sometimes preachers like Pastor Kevin and myself come up here and we say, talk to God, he's listening to you. And you got this yada yada, that's what you guys are supposed to say. No, I'm, that's not our idea. It says in God's word that when you do that, he listens to you. Somebody here feels like God doesn't hear me. Yeah, he does. Now, you might say, well, no, he doesn't, because I asked him for so-and-so. He hadn't given it to me yet. Has it been 70 years? (laughs) Are you patiently seeking him? God doesn't work on our timetable. I always love it when somebody walks up to me and says, Dan, I want you to pray for me. I need to know by Thursday. (laughs) God needs to speak to me by Thursday. And I sometimes think, oh, man, you just kind of assured yourself that it won't be happening by Thursday. Well, why is that we put that on God? Kind of like, hey, God, come on, come on, come on. You're my rabbit foot. Let's go. God's not your rabbit foot. God's not your genie in a bottle, baby. God is God. And sometimes he allows the things of this life to draw us to him. Very, very personal for me here. Um, I shared yesterday, I will not go through detail in it, about a wayward daughter and what God taught me through that. It was either seek or swim. It was either turn to the Lord or be done. And then I go back, um, I have seven grandkids. My oldest, his name is Jackson. Jackson is nine when Jackson was one year old, um, he had to have his, his leg amputated. It was a challenging time. I saw a gentleman come in today. You understand this story. Um, Jackson was one when it happened, so he didn't fully understand it. But he's grown up. That's all he's ever known. Has a little... Um, end there of his leg because of some deformities, etc. And so he's been on a prosthetic for all these years. He's grown up on a prosthetic. That's all he knows. He does well on it. He's good. But he struggles with it sometimes. He's nine. And recently um, I was preaching and I was preaching in, in Michigan where I live. I was preaching in that area. It was not far from the house I was going to be driving that morning. And Jackson had spent the night on Saturday night at our home. And I was up Sunday morning. Uh, I was, he was in the living room doing some stuff with his sister. And I was in the bathroom. And I was getting ready to go preach. And I was going to go to first service. Jackson would come later with my wife Jane to second service. And so I was getting ready to go. And I heard him crying. In the living room, Jackson's not a crier. He's not one to do that sort of thing. So I was like, what is that? And I, I yelled out. I said, is everything okay? And my wife yelled back, no, Jackson's not doing well. I said, okay. So I walked in the living room. I called him J-Man. That's, his name's Jackson, but I call him J-Man. I said, J-Man, what's up? He looked up at me. He's laying on his back in the living room floor, crying. And he held up his little stub-nub area of his leg and said, Papa... Why do I have to have this? I don't want this. Why can't I have a regular leg like you? Man, oh man, if you're here and you're a grandparent or a parent or in any type of relationship with a kid, you understand what I felt. My heart ached. I laid down beside him right on the floor in the living room. I just laid right down beside him and I said, Jackson, I could sit here and say all kinds of stuff, but... Biggest thing I want to say is, I'm sorry, dude. I don't get it all the time. I don't understand it. (laughs) He literally said to me, Why'd God do this to me? I said, Give me a while to think on that. Because I'm not going to throw out, I'm not a preacher who throws out uh, churchy answers. I I just don't do that. I live in the real world. I deal with crap. I don't walk around going, just claim everything's good. I I don't do that. Those of you who like that, you're not going to like me. I'm a realist. And I said to him, Jackson, I don't know. And I held my own leg up. I said, I'd give you this one, but it's barely any better than what you got. (laughs) But I wish I could give it to you, Jackson. I'll say this to you. I'll say this to you, son. Um... There's a place we're working toward heaven where there won't be short legs and there won't be brokenness and there won't be pain. We're not in that yet. We're in a fallen earth that's got sin and junk and hurt and there are things that you do sometimes in life that hurt your life and there are things that other people do sometimes that hurt your life in life. It's part of this sinful world. But I love you as your papa and I'm going to pray that God will Use your leg for his glory. I don't know what that means, Jackson. But I'm going to pray God will use your leg for his glory. I love you, buddy. Prayed for him. And I got up. I got up and I said, Jackson, I'm going to preach this morning and you're going to come to second service. And my sermon today is something that might encourage you. You're nine. But if you'll listen, I think God might use it. I knew what I was going to be preaching on and so... We went about the day, I did the sermon, we rode to lunch together, just me and J-Man. Um, the others were in another car, and Jackson literally said to me on the way to lunch, Papa, God did show me that there might be a purpose for my leg. Today, you're right about your sermon, you're right, it, it spoke to me. And I, I don't know what it means, and I said, I don't either. He said, but may, maybe there's a purpose in it all. So, we went about life couple of weeks after that um, Jackson plays on a little team and he's able to play sports which I our, ours is a sports family so I'm grateful he can play sports in this particular sporty place is soccer he's he loves soccer he's actually quite good at soccer it's pretty shocking to watch him maneuver with that leg in fact it's it's metal and man can he kick with that thing and and uh, sometimes he hurts other people's shins with him I tell him he shouldn't do that but he's like hey I got it I'm gonna use it so it's just part of it so Jackson had scored a couple goals in this little soccer game, and I said, buddy, I'm taking you to Target, and we're going we're gonna to get you something, anything you want. So we got to Target, me, me and him, and we walk in Target. We're walking through Target. I said, what do you want? He's like, I want $20 worth of V-Bucks because I want to buy skins. Um, for those of you who don't know what that means, then you are telling me you are old. <laughs> so... We're walking back toward the area where he's going to get his V-Bucks. He knew where to go. And we're walking through there, and we're, we're walking through the ladies' intimate area. We just take a shortcut through the store, and we're in the ladies' intimacy area. And um, Jackson says, Papa, stop. I'm like, here? What do you want? <laughs> uh, Papa likes here, but you're nine. You should be. Uh, and uh, no, he said, Papa, stop. I said, what? He said, you know what I wish I said, what? What are you thinking about right now? What do you wish? And he said, I wish I had enough money to buy this whole store. And I went, what? Why do you want this whole store? Watch this. He's just nine. He's just nine. And he said, because if I had this whole store, I I just wouldn't have any needs. Everything I need, I would have. Easy straight. I was like, wow, even at nine, he's already been trained that if you just get enough stuff. And I, I put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, well, J-Man, I want to ask you a really tough question. I said, let's keep walking. So we kept walking. <laughs> we kept walking. I said, J-Man, I'm going to ask you a really tough question. He said, Okay. I said this. Remember a couple weeks ago you're laying at the house crying about your leg? Yeah. I said, what I want to ask is this. Which of the things that I'm going to give you as options, which of the things actually makes you want to grow more toward God and need Him in your life? Would you say it's having everything that Target has to offer today, I could give you all of that. Or I could give you your little leg. If you had to pick between all of Target and your leg, which one makes you realize that you need Jesus in your life? And he said, that's really easy, Papa, my leg. And I looked right at him, and I said, buddy, that leg may be one of your greatest blessings in life. Let's go see what God does with it. And he looked up at, at me and said, okay. Now let's get some v bucks." <laughs> but that's, that's real life. Somebody here, you're dealing with something, you go, I don't want this. Is it possible? Is it possible it's actually prospering you? Because it's making you call on Him and not rely on you, and it's making you come and pray instead of going, I don't need to pray. and, And it's helping you realize He's listening. I got brokenness in my family this morning, I got issues in my home this morning. As I'm driving to church this morning, Lord, I need you and my family today. You see that spot. Help us with that because I don't know what to do. It's prospering me because it's making me need Jesus more. (laughs) That's why Jesus lived every day going, just give me what I need for today because tomorrow, got enough trouble of its own. And I will tell you right now. I love the days when I have blessings in my life. I have them. They're awesome. But I'm trying to keep them more in perspective going. eh? I'll enjoy it. But it is temporal. I want to make sure I'm focused on what's eternal. (laughs) Look at the next verse. Jeremiah 29, 13 says. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with, keyword all, all, we're good at half-heartedness. We're good at ten-percentedness. We're not so good at going, you got it all, Lord. Thank you for loaning me whatever life you choose to loan me because I deserve nothing. If we could get this, I deserve nothing. We live in a world right now that says, I deserve it all. I have my rights, everything else. As a believer in Christ... I deserve nothing. Whatever I get today, watch. This breath, that big one I just took, a gift from him. Done. It's, I'm done right there. I don't need to try to figure it out, etc. I'm blessed. I have a good life because I'm here right now. You do too. And we lose perspective because we wake up in the morning and this starts telling us what you need. I got ads pumped to me all day long, everything I need. And when that's coming at you 24-7, your mind starts to fall into, yeah, I do deserve that. And the ads even say it, you deserve this. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> I got to get, I don't even know what
1: that is, but bring me
0: to. And some of you are close to 70. The number of years mentioned in this text, you're getting to a place where you appreciate whatever you have. Amen. It takes a while to get there. If you're here and you're 16, you're going, this guy's really old. <laughs> I get it. If you're here and you're five, you're looking up here thinking, oh, he's probably got a couple years left. I mean, that's just <laughs> the way it is. You know, I sat at my dinner table the other night. All my kids came over for my birthday, and my grandkids, just the grandkids, were sitting with me around the table. We're all eating, having fun, et cetera. And I forget which one, but one of the boys popped up and said, Papa, you probably won't be here a lot longer, will you? I'm like, yeah, thanks, kiddo. But you remember, go back. All of you here, go back to being five. When you saw people that look like this, it's close to over. It's just the way it is. So keep a life in perspective. And those of you who are 16, first of all, I can still beat you at basketball. But secondly, I would say to you, it comes quicker than you think. So make sure you get this figured out at the age of 9 and 10 and 12 and 17. Decide now, which am I going to chase, the world or the Lord? How much of my heart am I going to give? I was preaching a couple of weeks ago in North Carolina. And at the end of second service like this, I, did an, I didn't actually do an altar call. I had finished. I walked down and the worship team sang. And I just felt led to go up and open the altar. Because I, I want to just say to those of you who are in 30 and younger watching online in the house here. There is a revival brewing among your generation. Something's going on in your heart. If you're sitting here this morning and you're 30 and younger, and I, I'm not trying to pick an age, but I'm just saying younger generation, God's wooing your hearts and you don't even really understand. You're like, what is this? That's the Lord. He, did, he created your heart. And he wants it all. There's this wooing. And, and I, I just said, hey, if you're here and you're 30 or younger or part of that generation and the Lord is wooing your heart, I, I didn't even get to the end. It's like... People were coming to the altar. This little 10-year-old boy, I found out he was 10 later because I asked him, he looks up at me like, will you come pray with me? I jump down, I go pray with him. I go, buddy, buddy, I'm crying. I'm like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 10. I'm like, why'd you come to the altar? And he said, I love baseball. Like, I play on a baseball team and I love baseball, but will you just pray for me? I don't want it to become my God. I, I started crying. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? of course I'll pray for you buddy just that the Lord would put that in your heart. At 10 he's like I got to give him all my heart now because mmm and somebody in here today you got a divided heart mmm just choose to give it to the Lord. And look, look at the next verse he says this I will be found by you that's a really odd way to say that like He just said to us, you know, give me all your heart. Then you would think it would say something like, then you'll find me. He doesn't say, then you'll find me. He doesn't say that. He says, then I will be found by you. In other words, what he's saying is, I've been here all along. I've been waiting you to figure it out. I am God. I am from infinity past to the future. I don't change. It's you people that do. And I'm trying to help you figure out I'm here for you. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. What's got you in captivity today? What's owning you? What's taken you to the corner of the stage and said to you, gotcha. Is it your possessions? Do you you find your identity in your possessions today? Dangerous because you won't be taking them with you. You No, but I'll be able to, what I'll do is I'll I'll give it to my kids and grandkids, and they're all really safe for generations. That's because you're defining really safe by security. Has nothing to do with faith. The greatest things you'll pass to your kids is a solid faith in the Lord. If they watch you die with class and no fear, they'll be like, I want some of that because there's only one thing certain in life and that is that you will pass so you want to make sure you get a good grip on anything else that's captivating you and verse the last part of that verse says this I will gather you from all the nations and places where this next little phrase look at that where I banished you he said, really, Lord, sometimes you want to send me to those places of, of what feels like <laughs> way over there and in the edge of nowhere? Mm-hmm. So, Lord, you're going to use this for my good? Mm-hmm. In fact, I, this may sound like a crazy sentence to you, but all that I've gone through in my life in the last especially five, seven years, God always has my best interest in mind even when I can't see it. Somebody today in here is dealing with something, you go, I don't want this. Hmm, I propose to you, you might be at a place where you're about to prosper because you're drawing close to God. And then I'll bring you back to the place From which I carried you into exile. He was speaking to the Israelites about getting from Babylon back to Jerusalem. Today he's speaking to you about getting back from that place. Maybe somebody in here. Maybe somebody online. You're actually angry at God because he did you over. Today I propose to you. Hmm. Hmm. This sermon might be making you rethink that and go. Maybe this is for my good. Maybe what I'm facing is actually for my betterment. That is a crazy thought. Somebody in here came today. You're you're still angry at church or some Christian in the past. In fact, somebody might be watching me right now online, and you're not here because there's somebody else sitting in here, and you don't like them. Fair. I meet you all the time. Maybe that was for your growth. For you to understand, you shouldn't have found your identity in a person anyway. You need to find it in God Almighty. People let you down. I know I've been let down, and I've let people down. And I read this over and over going, what's that saying, really? I'll gather you from all the nations, places. What's the Lord saying here? And two words came to me. What God is saying right there is, come home. Come home. As I was a little kid, um, my mom, I grew up in the Carolinas, and my, my dad was a very difficult dad and not a very good husband. I shared a little about that yesterday. But my mom, my mom would stand at the kitchen sink sometime after dinner. I'd be playing, put me at the age of seven. My brother would have been, he was six years older, so he was probably 13. We're doing our thing there in a little house, small little house. Mom be washing dishes, looking out the window. She had a a window she could see out into the pasture. And she would be singing. Like I even at the age of seven, life was hard, and this isn't fair. And what dad does it, that's not right. and, And she would sing, she would sing that song. Come home. It's a song maybe most of you never heard, but come home. All who are weary, come home. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling all sinners, come home. And I'd be like, Mom, why are you singing? Ah, just talking to the Lord, son. Why are you doing that, Mom? It's just good for me. See, at seven, you don't get on. Oh, she likes to sing. Why don't you wash the dishes? Now at 62, at 62, I know she was singing because she needed the Lord. (laughs) She was trying to get through it. She was head down plowing through. Come home today. You get to decide what that means for you. If his spirit is wooing you, come home. Those online, turn to the Lord today. Soften a little. I'm pausing because I don't know how to close the service. I don't ever walk into a sermon knowing how it's going to end. When I woke up this morning, I felt like the Lord laid on my heart, I'm, doing, I'm going to do something special in the second service today. I felt it sitting in the back earlier. I'm going to do this. We have a worship team here. I'm sure they'll come out and be prepared to sing, but I don't want to just go into the closing song. You guys were thinking, I'm sure sorry, Pastor Kevin. I don't want to mess things up. But I just kind of want a little music playing softly for a moment. Thank you, Pam. If you could just play something softly, I'm going to invite you today. If the Lord has spoken to you, I'm just going to open this little place up here to come stand, pray, kneel, pray, online, just pause, pray, come home. I don't know what that means. I know it means whatever you have in your life that you're dealing with, give it to Jesus. Trust that he has a bigger plan. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you all, would you all stand with me, just stand with me. I didn't set out some goal here. I don't have this prepped out. I'm just going to say to you, I just feel like the Lord is speaking to some hearts. And as this song is being played, I'm going to simply say, if you'd like to come and stand along the front and pray, I'm going to ask you to do that. I don't know if you normally do that. I have no idea. And I have to ask Pastor Kevin. I'm just saying I'm going to invite you to come to the Lord. You can come in your seat, but you can come up here too. And I'm going to ask Pastor Kevin to come up and to pray over you. But as this song is played softly, if the Lord's speaking to you, I offer this little front place here to come stand or kneel and to bring yourself and say, Lord, I'm going to lay my issue, whatever it is in my life, I'm going to lay it at your feet. That's what I feel called to do. So I'm going to open that to you. Just bow your head, if you will, and let's pray if the Lord is speaking to you. Come and pray.
1: Holy Spirit, you are here. We are hearing you, and we are coming home. You hear our prayer of surrender, all our heart. You're bringing healing in your wings. Hear every heart. Hear every heart. Minister Lord through your spirit to the nearness of our savior through the love of Jesus Christ. we sent your love we sense your working we want you just to have your way Lord for some this 70 years is just ending and they're sensing a freedom an experience of blessing now thank you thank you for your faithfulness through the 70 for others are in the middle of it Lord, for some it's just beginning, and today it's clarity. And whatever the 70 years means, Lord, we pray that you would help us to keep our face turned toward you, our heart toward you, our eyes on you, to never give in, never give up, never retreat. Shape us and make us. For some who are calling out and don't even know what they're doing right now, they're just calling out and saying, Here I am. we pray that you would forgive sin and fill the heart Lord just fill the heart fill the heart Lord you've done it in Asbury you're doing it in all kinds of places around the world why not Cherryville why not here why not with us however you want we're home have your way have your way Lord help us to surrender all the kingdoms of our heart and the kingdoms of our life around us and help us to just say Lord I'm all yours I'm all in for now and forever it's you at the center it's you at the top it's you Lord friend I encourage you if you're here today here or in your place there Just open your heart and say yes to the Holy Spirit. He always lifts up Jesus. He always draws us closer to our Savior. He always magnifies Christ. And let him be center in the life again. Lord, for the work you're doing here among us right now, we give you praise. For what you're about in our lives, we give you thanks. We don't rush from a moment, but we baste in it, we soak it up. Pray, Lord, bring your healing. Bring your hope. Bring your correction. Bring your direction. Fill us with your love. And send us out of this place today as your ambassadors, to not forget what you're doing right here in this moment. We love you, Lord, and thank you for first loving us and for being with us today in this moment. As we shout your name and lift you high, in Jesus' mighty name, we give you thanks.